Welcome to the Just Boldly Go podcast, where we help women and a few cool dudes face their fears, set goals, make game plans, and generally take their current circumstances by the balls so they can live a life they can't wait to get out of bed for every single day. Good morning, and thank you for listening today. I have with me, absolutely, like her story is amazing, and we are so in line with what we want to help women do that I'm really excited to have Nikki Gingrich here today with me. I would tell you everything, but I'm going to let her do it because she will tell the story better than I will. So Nikki, thank you. Thank you so much, Amanda. I'm just so excited to be here and to be able to share my story and to connect with you in this way. So let's see, we'll start. I'm a mom. I have two young boys. They're seven and five. I've been married to my husband. We just had this conversation that we're going on 12 years. I keep telling people 11. I'm like, no, no, no. It's almost 12 (laughs) at this point, which seems like forever ago. And we can't believe it. It's crazy. But I am a mindfulness life coach and a meditation teacher. I am a working mom. I actually also work outside of the home as well, part-time. And I have been on this journey to find my, literally my life's purpose. So for me, that revolved around work a lot. So a lot of my journey is working full-time and then quitting my job and then working part-time and then going back to full-time and then quitting my job again and kind of going (laughs) on this up and down of like, I'm supposed to do something else and I don't know what it is. So constantly searching and looking and I found meditation and mindfulness is really the driving force to me when it came to making those big decisions, that being aware of what I wanted really allowed me to kind of take those big, courageous, actionable steps, like quitting my job, like taking on new jobs, just kind of pushing me to keep searching and keep looking. And the more aware I become, the more I'm able to make those decisions. And that's truly what I want to help other women do is to just get into yourself and know that Everything you need is with inside of you already. You know exactly what you need to do. You know exactly what decisions you need to make. And we need to learn how to stop ignoring ourselves and start making these big, bold decisions with, with true confidence behind them. So absolutely. That's so true. And, you know, I have gone through, I, my journey is very similar, you know, trying things and quitting things. And historically, you know, I've heard a lot of people saying that phrase, um, how you do one thing is how you do everything. And I'm like, that is not accurate because I am not a quitter in general. I've been married 23 years. I can do things long-term if I want to. It's just being able to recognize when something's not working and being willing to make that shift. And that's really a brave thing. And you are incredibly brave, like, you know, to be able to recognize those things and make the shift when it's time and not just force yourself to be unhappy and doing something that you hate forever just because you started it. Yeah. And it's funny because I think as, as a parent, it's like, you want to tell your kid not to quit, like see it through, but Mm -hmm. at the same time, it's like, see it through to a certain point. And if it's really not serving you anymore, like that's okay. And, and we do, we're just the world of going to college, getting a job, staying in that career until you retire. Like I think, we're the generation that's kind of 
pushing back on that. And now the generation behind us, I'm technically a millennial. I'm right on the edge of the curve. But so I get a lot of slack for being a millennial. And I, you know, got a lot of slack kind of in my career of like, oh, the millennials, they don't want to do any work. They don't want to do anything. No, it's not that we don't want to do work. We just want to do work that means something to us. And we're not afraid. Well, we are afraid, but we do it anyway of, you know, we were always told you can do whatever you want. So what I chose to do didn't work at first. Why can't I go and try something different? Why do I have to stick with what decision I made when I was 18, 19, 20 that I have to do for the next 50 years that I'd have no desire to continue to do? I watched my parents work and they worked for the paycheck and they both didn't necessarily enjoy their jobs or complained about it. And for me, I went in the opposite direction of not that they were bad people, but saying, I don't want to work how you worked and my work is for paycheck. I want my work to have meaning. And I ended up in nonprofit because of that. And then I fell into the trap of, well, I'm working in nonprofit. So now that means I can't get paid what I'm worth. So now I'm on the journey of, no, I can help people and I can do work that has meaning and get paid for it. That I deserve to do. But just kind of being on this path of you can shift, you can change and you can evolve because that's what we do as human beings. Absolutely. Yep. And not settling like, you know, that I think that's what a lot of people fall into is they're like, well, it's good enough. And it's like, no, it's not good enough. Like, this is not good enough for me. And that's one thing that I've been working through a lot in the last few months and helping women. My business is actually shifting into that space of helping women realize, you know, like you started this business and you're getting by, but is that really what you want to settle for? Like, is this really the life that you dreamed of when you started your business? Like you could have more, you can be more, like it doesn't have to be this just because this is paying the bills right now. You can keep growing and keep get bigger and bolder and who knows where you can go. Like, but you got to not settle. Like that's the thing. Yeah. And they say, what is, what is that? The good is the enemy of great. That as long as things are good, you're not willing to push to the next level. And I'm falling into that. Well, things are good enough. And it's like, no, there's greatness out there. And sometimes you almost have to not force the rock bottom, but get to the feelings of what would it feel like to be great and use those emotions to push up. So I love that you're doing that for women because I think we do, we get stuck and we're like, well, we're doing okay. It's paying the bills, but could it be better? Yeah, but it's good enough for right now. Exactly. And I think this crazy time that we're currently living through is it's like really a perfect catalyst to get people moving in a new direction. Because if there's one thing that this has all proven to us is that there is no such thing as security or safety or, you know, I have this secure job. No, you don't. Your job could go away anytime. Like why waste your time doing something that is secure when you could be doing something that you love and is sustainable through this? Because, you know, I don't know about you, but my business hasn't necessarily grown through this, but it hasn't diminished either. And my business is a lot better off than some businesses that, you know, we're bigger and hiring lots of employees. And now those employees don't have a job. So it's just like the perfect time to really go after what you really want to go after. Oh my gosh, absolutely. And I think the opportunity of so many people working from home, like I was such a big advocate of, I don't want to sit in an office. That was a really big thing for me. Like, I don't want to sit and waste my time if I can spend my time doing something else. And and my hope is that women and businesses and companies can learn to see that flexibility is possible yeah. and work ethic and productivity doesn't diminish. It's likely to increase. Now it's different because anyone with kids knows you're being pulled in a million different directions. But yeah. <laughs> when kids aren't home, like we can get so much done. 
we are so efficient. You know, we can get a lot done. I swear I became more productive when I became a parent. And absolutely, you know, too. And that can give women the opportunity of if I am working or if I have a business, I can get a lot more done in a short amount of time. I'm laser focused. So it allows all the fluff and the things kind of on the outside that don't really do anything for our business or for our work kind of fall to the side of like, oh, well, that really wasn't that important. But if I focus the 80-20 rule, 20% of the activity gets 80% of the results. And it helps us, I think this time has helped people laser focus on, well, what are the things that absolutely need to get done in your life, in your household, in your business, like whatever it is of like, let's laser focus on those things and really get our priorities in in the right space. Yeah. So I know one of the things that you talk about a lot is uh, meditation and journaling. Yes. That's one of your focuses. I have this deep desire to be good at journaling and I'm really bad at it. So (laughs) how does, how does one get started doing it in a, in a manner that's sustainable? Yeah. So journaling is, there is no good or bad, just like with meditation. There's no good meditation or a bad meditation. It's just different. So for me, I've always been someone who loved to write things down. When I was younger, junior high, high school, you know, I had the diary and I would write down all of my feelings and, you know, dear diary, this is what happened today. And as I got older, I would turn to journaling in a different way where I wasn't fully comfortable and I can look back now and say, this is why I did it this way. If my journaling wasn't me writing down my thoughts and feelings and emotions, I would write poems. They were not good. I was no poet that was going to be published, but it was my way of saying, here's my emotions. It was my creative outlet to this is how I'm feeling, but it still had that filter of, well, it was just a poem that I wrote. So that's really, and when things were going well, I would be journaling or writing less. So really my journaling comes when I'm in a heavy moment or there's a lot of emotion. So there will be gaps in my journaling. I don't think I journaled really at all through college, maybe little bits and pieces. And I really came back to it almost two and a half years ago. So it was 2018 and I was going through a really rough patch because I was working full time trying to build a business on the side. The business wasn't going the way I wanted. My work wasn't going the way I wanted. I was completely overwhelmed. My sons at that point were, you know, five and three. And I just kept thinking my life was supposed to be different at this point. I had started really doing the side hustling stuff right before my first son was born and he's going to be eight. So it's like, why has this not happened? And the frustration was just setting in. And just like anybody starts the new year, you know, you try to set a resolution and I was so fully committed to things have to change. And I bought a new notebook because that's always fun to do. And I just started writing. I made a commitment that was my meditation and journaling journey at this point really kind of kicked into high gear. And I said, I'm going to meditate for 30 days straight and I'm just going to do it. No matter what I have to do, I'm going to get it done. And that changed everything. And from the meditation came all these thoughts and feelings. And I just, I started journaling and started writing. And I would literally lay out all of my frustration because I would have these conversations with people and I would be struggling to find the words. I'm feeling something inside me, but I can't articulate it. But for some reason, when I was journaling, it didn't matter what I said. It didn't matter if it sounded right. It was just so therapeutic for me to just get it out on paper. Yeah. And I was extremely consistent 
for months after that, because I think I had this buildup of so much coming in that it just felt so good to do. And for me, it was brain dumping because at that point in my life, I had built so much up that I just needed to get it out onto paper. And for me, it was when I meditate, my journal was next to me and I would just keep it there with me. And it was just there. And I would not want to, because there were some times where we don't want to put down onto paper, the things that we're feeling because yeah. What if somebody reads it? What Maybe. if somebody gets up and looks at it? Like, it is scary. You're like, I don't want my, my husband to know these things that I'm writing down or these fears that I have. Or what if, you know, my kids couldn't read at the time. I think that now sometimes where I'm like, oh, my journal's out. I've got one that reads now. I don't want him to pick it up and read it. And yeah. And for me getting past that was, this is for me. It's for my eyes only. And this is about me. Should somebody yeah. get up and read it? I mean, it is what it is, but it's like, you know what? We all have these feelings and Getting them out on paper is a way to release them. So if you really want to let go of things that are being held inside, you know, our need to get it out has got to outweigh that fear of somebody looking at it or being embarrassed by what we're saying. We have to own our feelings and own our emotions and say, this is how I'm feeling. And and that's okay that I'm feeling this way. This isn't true. It isn't fact. Like maybe it's something about marriage or something about being a parent or you feel like you're being a bad parent. And why do you feel like you're being a bad parent? Or I feel like my marriage is falling apart and it probably isn't falling apart. Maybe it is. I don't know, but we need to get it out. And we need to realize that our feelings are our feelings and our emotions are our emotions and whatever's coming out is okay. So for me, it was meditating and having that journal right next to me. Today, I don't journal as much. I, again, I journal when I need to, or when things are coming up and I'm actually in the process of doing, I don't know if you're familiar with Mastin Kip at all. Yeah. yeah. So I'm doing his book, Claim Your Power, which is a 40 day journey. And that involves 40 days. He gives you questions. He gives you prompts. So for me, that's what my journaling looks like right now. But again, it's, it's a part of my day. It's a part of my process. And for me, my journaling always comes out of after I've been meditating or when I'm really frustrated, finding a space that I'm by myself, nobody's around me, nobody's going to bother me. And that notebook is just with me. It's almost like a part of me. It just kind of comes with me. For a while, I I carried it in my purse. You know, when I really first started back in 2018, when I was really heavily, I mean, I would write down five, 10 pages. Like I had so much to get out. Now it might be a page or two or a paragraph or a note or a line or a word or whatever it is but I literally would put it into my purse and it would come with me so that if I was in the car or went out to get lunch and something came up, I would just write a note or an idea would hit me and I would write down this idea for my business or whatever it was. So journaling wasn't just my emotions. It was business ideas. And you know, when you're in flow and those ideas are coming out, it's just, Oh, potential podcast topics or, Oh, things I could post about or whatever. It was just there for that. So I don't know if that's helpful or not, but that's really what it was like for me. It is. And honestly, if I ever, I mean, that's been my biggest fear is somebody picking it up and reading it because I have three teenagers, my husband, and I'm here all the time. But if I just left it laying around, one of them would definitely pick it up and read it. (laughs) And so like, if I did, if I did it regularly, it would have to be with me at all times. Like, yeah, all times (laughs) because there's no way. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, put it in a drawer that nobody goes into or like a basket that nobody, you know, nobody looks at or whatever. But yeah, I carried mine with me because I was really embarrassed and there was a lot of shame of like, I can go back now and look at it and be like, wow, I was in a really bad place. But then also going back to look at it and saying, wow, how much I've grown. Exactly. So for us as women, it's 
look at my growth. It's a, here's where I was at this point in my life. And here's why I am now. It's, it's an amazing journey to go back and reflect on. That would be really valuable because if I could go back and look at how I was feeling 14 years ago when I started my business, you know, it would feel like so long ago. And just seeing that difference between way back then and now would really be valuable for getting through things right now and understanding, you know, it's going to pass. Everything's going to be fine. You're going to be fine. You've made it through all this other stuff. You can make it through this. Yes. Yeah. I really see the value in that. Yeah. I mean, and, now and- I have to start. Yeah, it's, it is. It's worth it. And one thing that I did when I really first started my business was I actually went back to my journal and looked at the questions I had asked myself or the things that had come up for me and have been able to pull. I haven't done this in a while. And maybe this is something I, I should do. I have to find my journals. We just moved. So I have to find what box they're sitting in. But I went back and I went, how can I help people? How can I incorporate what I did before into my business and saying, this is what I journaled on. These are the questions I asked myself. And I have put that into my content and my coaching and my business to say, this is what helped me grow at this time in my life. Because like, that's typically where my clients are, is they're a previous version of me. Right. Exactly. It helps me go back to that moment of like, and I can use those words and those descriptors of, and it just reminds me of how they're likely feeling at that time, because that's how I felt back then. Yeah. That's really valuable. Really valuable actually. All right. Well, so meditation, that's another thing that I'm not really good with. And I think it's because I expect myself to be able to like quiet my mind and then just like sit there and not think of anything, but that's not possible. So (laughs) am I doing it wrong or is that normal for everybody? Like, can people actually quiet their minds? Is that, is that a thing that works or I don't know? (laughs) It is, it is a huge myth about meditation that the purpose of it is to not think about anything but we're human. Our brains never stop thinking. I mean, even when we sleep, our brains are still thinking. What do you think dreams are? Our brain, our neurons are, they're making these connections and and we're thinking about things. So that is myth number one. I was just meditating this morning. And I mean, I have days where like I can really get into the moment and I can just kind of settle right in. And then there are days where my brain is just going off the rails and there's a lot of stuff happening. I was in the middle of a meditation this morning and five minutes, that's all I typically do. 10 minutes max. If I'm really feeling Zen or I really need to like calm down, I'll do like 15 or 20, but that is very rare. So short time frame, And my brain was racing and I was like, I need to write this down. And because my journal is right next to me, I just had these couple lines of things that were going through my head. And I'm like, let me write these down. And then I would go back to my meditation. I actually restarted it because I was like two minutes in and I was like, do I finish? And I'm like, no, let me just start over. And it was a moment where my brain wasn't settling, but there are a ton of different ways to practice meditation. You can do movement meditation where you're walking. And so it's not all just sitting, sitting still and being, but the purpose is to focus your thoughts. So when those thoughts start racing, meditation teachers will talk about your breath. It's for a few reasons. One, it's, we spend so much time breathing up here in our chest and we're taking these big shallow breaths. But when we actually breathe in through our belly, we're actually fully oxygenating our body. We are giving our body the oxygen it needs to go out of fight or flight and to go into rest and restore. So when we're shallow breathing, 
like when we're exercising or walking or when we're stressed out, our body isn't getting the, all the oxygen that it needs. So the oxygen to for blood flow, the oxygen to our brain so that we can think clearly and make good decisions. And, you know, when we're all crazy and we're thinking a million things, we're, we're in reaction mode, but we want to be in response mode. We want to respond and not react. And we do that when our nervous system is calm and relaxed and we can get to that calm and relaxed state by breathing deeply. So that's a piece number one of why they focus on breath. Another piece is so that you can take those racing thoughts and you're consciously switching your focus. So if you find yourself and you're meditating and all of a sudden you've gone down this rabbit hole of whatever it is that you're going down, because God only knows where it could take you, it's coming back to the breath. Oh, I wandered again. Here I am. And doing that without guilt, because that is totally normal. I've been meditating for a number of years, but I like to say I've been meditating consistently with very minimal breaks. Oh my gosh, almost three years now of really consistent meditation. And it is, it's a practice. We can't exercise once and think we're going to have six pack abs. We can't meditate once and think we're going to be all Zen and grounded all the time. It's a constant practice. And when those thoughts start racing, really you're training your brain to say, oh, there are those thoughts again. Oh, I'm wandering. Let me come back to my breath. No matter where that thought is and looking at it and saying, it doesn't matter. Oh, oh, that was a bad meditation. We don't want to punish ourselves for, oh, I did it again. My, my brain, my mind was wandering. No, you're human. Just, okay, let me come back to the breath and very gently bring yourself back to the breath, whether it's a guided meditation or one that you're doing and you're just kind of breathing on your own, whatever it is, focusing on a lot of so a lot of the meditation teachers will have you count your breath because it helps you go breathe in, breathe out, or you breathe in for four, you hold for four, you breathe out for four. But there's a purpose to that because again, it's oxygenating your body, but it's also consciously focusing your brain on something. And when we meditate and we can kind of get away, it's opening up that subconscious. So again, those thoughts are there, but we spend 90, 95% of our day is spent in that subconscious brain, but we don't even realize the actions we're doing our subconscious. And when we're in meditation, we become conscious of the subconscious. A lot of the woo-woo were kind of like conscious, subconscious, but that, and that's what it is. It allows us to bring forth those things that we're not consciously realizing we do. So our brain is still going. And for me, that's when I'll get downloads or hits of inspiration, especially for business of, Oh, I should do this. Oh, I should, I should talk about this because I'm leaving my conscious mind of I've got this test, this test, this test, and I'm going into the subconscious where I can kind of open up that realm of inspiration that I can't always tap into. So wandering mind completely and totally normal, no matter how long you've been meditating, you're still going to have days where you're like, wow, there's a lot going on up there. Like I said, it's a practice. You just keep going, just keep going. All right. I love that. And I'm going to give it another shot. I promise. And (laughs) yeah, I mean, we all need those quiet moments to like, you know, just reset and yeah, sometimes my brain though is just like ah. So oh, yeah. <laughs> that was me this whole week. So <laughs> so you used to be in a nonprofit, and then you you still have a part time job, but you've moved into this. So how did you uh, make that transition? Was it a gentle transition? Did you do it all at once? Like what did how did that work out for you? Uh, it was a multitude of transitions. I like to say I am 
there's a word I can't think of it, but I'm, I don't want to say I'm not a logical person, but I have always been one to take a risk because something didn't feel good. Now, like I said, I started kind of my side hustle. I'm going to work on my own almost eight years ago, really. I mean, the thought has always been in the back of my head. And so I worked in nonprofits for a long time. And back in 2018, that's when I made that commitment where I was like, things are changing. I started meditating. I started journaling and I made a solid commitment to say, I'm going to leave my job in May and I'm going to spend my summer home with my kids. And I just laser focused on that goal and really just spent all of this time of like, what am I capable of? What can I do? What does this business look like? So for probably four years, I really tried the slow transition and the slow transition didn't work for me at that time. And I think this goes back to what we said in the beginning was I was comfortable. I didn't have the push. I had the consistent paycheck. I had the job. So the need for finances wasn't driving me to really like, I wanted it, but I didn't want it bad enough to really, really jump all in. And I don't fully recommend this to people. It was what I needed at that time in my life. I was in a very bad position at work. I was in a very toxic environment that was not serving me. And I would not have been able to grow my business within that environment. Yeah. Uh, Just because I was in a very, very poor mental state. And so I really took a big leap. So I tried to build this side business. And then all of a sudden it was literally like everything just came crumbling down on top of me. I knew I wanted to leave this job. So I started applying for new jobs. I tried to build my side business a couple months in and I'd been doing it. And I was like, okay, this isn't going quick enough. Something's got to change. I went to apply for these jobs. I believe Amanda, I think I went on four or five interviews and this is going to sound really not humble at all, but I've never really had trouble getting a job. It's always been very easy for me. (laughs) I'm like, I can usually crush an interview. (laughs) And I went on these interviews and I don't know if it was the state of where I was mentally or the energy I was giving off was just, no, I don't want a job. Like the universe was working in my favor to say, this is not what you're supposed to do. Every single job, none of them worked out, none of them. And I thought I got to the beginning of May and I thought, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And I sat in a meditation and I've already been having this conversation. And this hit came to me of like, you have to go. None of these jobs panned out. Another job is not going to fix how you feel right now you need to do something and it needs to be drastic in order to really, really push me to make those shifts and to make those changes. And I did, it was on a Tuesday morning. I had my review with my supervisor on a Monday and it was just awful, absolutely terrible. Meditated on Tuesday, realized that was a decision I needed to make, reached out to two or three people, obviously had a conversation with my husband. I made the decision and he supported it. I like to say we made the decision together, but really it was my decision. And he realized there was no choice in the matter. We were going to figure this out. And financially, it was a very, very big hit for us. Like it was a very big struggle. And so that was a Tuesday. On Friday, I handed in my resignation. And about six weeks later, I left. I gave them till the end of the fiscal year. Because I really did love pieces of what I did. I needed to move on. And it really gave me the push I needed. So I had these little layers of making a slow transition and then making this big leap. And then actually almost exactly a year ago, I went back to work part-time for financial stability. And I'm now at a space, it's really amazing to think, had I not quit two years ago, started my own business, 
And my business has evolved over the two years. So really, it's really been within the last eight months to a year where I said, I'm a mindfulness life coach. I got my certification. I got my meditation teacher training and really walked into that and really stepped into that and just feels so aligned. And I went back to work. I work part-time. I'm still, my part-time job is in nonprofit. I still have a nonprofit consulting client that I work with. So I have all of these moving pieces that have given me what I wanted. And what I wanted when I left my job was I needed time flexibility so that I could pick my kids up from school. I could take them out you know, to a park on a Wednesday afternoon because I wanted to and because I could. The financial stability and has really allowed me, the part-time position has allowed me the financial stability to look at my business in a different light and to really experiment without the stress of, is this going to pay the bills this month or not? So it's really been a nice blend of working, still fulfilling myself, but knowing is working going to be what I'm going to do? No, I don't plan on staying there. I don't plan to eventually go back into full time, but I have no idea what the universe has in store for me. But I know that this is what feels right. And just continuing to follow those little breadcrumbs. I like to call them the little breadcrumbs that should I try this? Should I do this? And there was no harm in me going on that interview a year ago. And I really felt like I was going against everything I was teaching at the time of, I'm going to go back to work, but I'm really preaching women to kind of take their work into their own hands. Am I a fraud? Am I not doing this right? And it took me some time to own it, to say, no, this is what works for me. And this allows me to actually show up even more fully as a coach and as a meditation teacher to really step into that and say, I get to experiment. I get to play. I get to have fun. And for me, that's what business is supposed to be. As I kind of cut ties with limiting beliefs that say I have to work and have a job to have money. Like there are limiting beliefs that are keeping me there that I'm working through, but it's all a process. It's an all a journey. And it's a really beautiful, beautiful journey to be on. I love all of that so much. A few years ago, my business was not doing super well because, you know, it ebbs and flows. That's just the way that it is. And things were not going very well. And I went and applied for a job and they actually offered it to me immediately, but I had to go and work there and it was full time. And it was a 25 minute drive from my house in the wrong direction from my kid's school, which is another 15 minutes in that direction. So I was like, it would be fun. I would like it. It definitely boosted my ego that you wanted to hire me so quickly, but like freedom is my number one value. Like I need the freedom to do what I want, when I want, where I want, for who I want. And I want to be able to be there for my kids, for their stuff. And this just isn't going to work. So have to make the business come back. Like I have to revive things. So I did. And it's, you know, better than it was even before. I also say all the time, you know, like whether it's, you turning in your resignation because you realize you can't do this anymore or getting fired or whatever it is, it's definitely God giving you a kick in the butt to go in a different direction because what you're doing is not working. Like it's not working. So you have to change. If you're not going to change, I'm going to do something that's going to make you change and it's not going to be fun. So just do it. (laughs) Oh, that whole time. I just got chills as you were talking because it's true. It's just you need to do something. And almost like you going on that interview was, I kind of, as an outsider say, oh my God, it was, it was just a sign for you to say, nope, stay with your business. You're going to be fine. Like keep going. This isn't, yeah. Like I could never imagine going back and working full time 
if it were a full-time position, I'm like, oh, oh no, no. Like I no. left that for on purpose. Uh, so, and I do, I have, I have another client that I work with that a friend of mine hooked me up with. And I started working for them about six months after I left my job and I work remotely. And one of my things is I love to travel. So that's a big piece for me. I can't do it as much because in my old position, I got to travel a decent amount. And it was funny because it was a piece that it started to become too much. I was like, I want to travel, but not that much. So with this position, <laughs> this this company that I, you know, technically I'm a consultant for, and they have these conferences twice a year that I got to travel for and awesome. have, you know, it was like, oh, that's that's fulfilling my freedom and my travel. And, you know, God, universe, creator, whatever you believe in will give you the things that said you want freedom and you want to travel here. I have this opportunity for you. You're going to be able to work from home, but you're still going to get to go away and travel twice a year. And I'm like, this is perfect. Now, granted, I missed out on traveling this summer, which was a total bummer. We actually traveled in March, right as everything was happening. And I laugh, I was for, it's for like a higher education company because most of my nonprofit is in in education. And so it's a higher ed company and they all laugh because we all kind of use that trip it was like, we went on that trip, we went on that conference, and then we came home and everything shut down the next week. Because we're like, and I remember traveling, like, nobody's wearing a mask. It's fine. We don't need to worry about anything. Like, you guys should see it. Like, this is insane. And then you get back and you're like, five days later, after we got back, we're like, oh, this is a thing. Like, this is really happening. So all the schools, all the, I want to say principals, but it's education, all the presidents are like, oh, no, we kind of use that as our timeline of like, oh, yes, we went to this conference and then everything shut down, you know, a week later. Like, <laughs> So it's like, you never know, you have to be open to the opportunities. You never know what's going to present itself or just like me not getting any of those positions. It was my sign of like, you're not supposed to take another job. Not right now. This isn't going to work for you. And I'm going to make sure you see that. So we have to be open to seeing the opportunities and open to what's being presented to us. And then also knowing what we want to fulfill our soul, like what makes us feel good and saying, it might not be exactly what I think I need to do. It might there might be another direction. As long as it feels good to me, I'm going to keep following it. Yeah, absolutely. And being open to whatever presents itself and being open to the things that you want, maybe coming in a different way than what you are thinking they'll come. Because like you said, you, you know, you have the travel and you have your freedom and it's all working out. It's there. It's components of what you're doing, but that maybe isn't what you thought you would be doing, but it worked out. It's all good. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We never know what's going to happen. We just have to be open to the uncertainty of knowing what we want, but not knowing how we don't have really a decision on the how. I mean, we have a decision, but the how will present itself to us. And we just need to know where we want to go and just follow all of the little things that come along the way and and learn from all of the little experiences so we can get more and more clear on what it is we want. Yeah. I love that. Thank you so much for being here today. I love this conversation. It was so perfect. And um, is there anything that you have going on that you want to share with my listeners, just like an opt-in or where are you with socials, et cetera? Absolutely. So anybody can connect with me. I'm on Instagram is my favorite place to hang out. So I'm at Nikki Gingrich. So that should be easy to find. I have a podcast. It's called Stepping Up with Nikki Gingrich. And we talk about all sorts of really amazing things, just like we talked about here. And I do 
I have interviews as well. So I'm also on Facebook, but typically if you're going to follow me on Facebook, just follow me on Instagram. It's the same thing. If we're really going to be honest, Uh, if you are looking for, to get started with meditation, I have a really, really low cost intro offer. If meditation is something you've tried and it didn't work, but it's a beginner three week intro meditation program that anybody can go in and get started with. It's DIY. I want to say it's self-paced, but it is three weeks. So I ask you to do three weeks in a row and I give you the meditations. I give you the journaling prompts. I give you all of the direction because it's what I would have wanted when I started my journey and it to help you kind of get that consistency and just that guidance and accountability. You can grab that. It's at my website, nikkigingrick.com slash programs. And that's right there for anybody to go and grab. So that's it. Yeah. And I'd love to connect mm-hmm. and chat. So yeah. Hit me up on Instagram. I love to chat in the DMs on Instagram. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. It was wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Thank you for listening to the Just Boldly Go podcast. You can check out all we've got going on over at justboldlygo.com. And uh, you can check out my book, Mom Versus Debt, How I Paid Off $64,000 in Credit Card Debt in Under Three Years Without Becoming a Stripper at momversusdebt.com. Get